Hello and welcome to the Off the Shelf Christmas Special. As if in the blink of an eye, 2020 is over, well nearly over, and I for one will be very glad that it is, and I'm sure all of my listeners will agree. On this Christmas special, I'll be talking about Christmas books, Christmas-themed books, Christmas books that have made into films, and books that you might want to ask for for Christmas. This week, I've got one of my very good friends, Vicky, here with me. Hi, Phoebe. <laughs> Hi, Vicky. Now, a bit of background about me and Vicky. So, we actually went to university together. She's one of my best friends. We met way, way back in 2012. It was a different time. The Olympics are still been in London. <laughs> Things were different. And we joined a charity venture together at university and we ended up climbing um, Mount Kilimanjaro. And yes, we do tell everyone about it whenever we possibly can. It's a perfect story of how we met. <laughs> I mean, a rom-com should ring us up, snap up the story. It'd be great. They, they should do. As my listeners know, I do law as my day job, but just a bit of background about Vicky. She left university and she started at Hewlett Packard, now HPE. She's in their global brand team and now she owns her own business, Pink Digital. And as one of my best friends, she has to tolerate me when I ask her to come and talk to me about Christmas books on this <laughs> amazing and festive Christmas special. Oh, it's more than tolerating you. It's going to be, it's going to be a good discussion, a bit of fun. So just to set the scene for my listeners, it's the Friday before Christmas. The workday has just finished and we, I'm sat here with a gin and tonic and my gin is actually the pomegranate and grapefruit gin that my mum has uh, distilled, brewed, I'm not sure what to call it, this year and it's very nice. Vicky, what have you got? I am also drinking a gin and tonic, um, but I did not brew this myself. Um, the Bombay Sapphire Distillery did that for me. But fun fact, that is only about 15 minutes down the road from me. So I feel like it's a local gin, even though it is probably a very basic gin in reality. But we love it all the same. Well, we love all gins on this podcast. And let's hope we don't get too drunk over the course of this discussion. So we've both chosen our top three Christmas books. And as the polite human that I am, Vicky, you can go first. So please tell us about the first Christmas book that you've chosen and why you've chosen it. Okay, so my first book is Twas the Night Shift Before Christmas, which for most people, I'm sure you've heard of the poem Twas the Night Before Christmas. Um, and it's obviously a play on words. Um, but it's written by Adam Kay, who made his fame writing or kind of publishing his diaries of being a junior doctor um, before he decided to quit being a junior doctor. Um, and his first book was called This Is Going To Hurt. And it was amazing um, and just completely eye opening to some of the things which the NHS have to go through. 
But for Christmas one year, he released Twas the Night Shift Before Christmas, which was a collection of diary entries, which he had kept over his, I think it's six or seven years as a junior doctor, um, but specifically around that festive period. Um, I, I chose it because I think this year, more than ever, it's been a real eye-opener to how much pressure the NHS have been under. And I think everybody has a renewed sense of appreciation for the staff that work there. Um, I actually read the book for the first time last year and it it really did open my eyes. So for me, it's a, it's a different kind of Christmas book. Um, it's not full of your festive cheer and your love stories that you seek out in films, but it's it's definitely worth a read. So not a love story like our meet you on Mount Kilimanjaro, but a good book nonetheless. <laughs> I also yeah, and I... have uh, both of the books you're talking about, This Is Gonna Hurt and Twas the Night Shift Before Christmas. And again, they're both great. And I'm sure lots of our listeners have heard of This Is Going To Hurt. I think it was the summer, maybe it was two summers ago, the book was everywhere. Everyone I saw on the beach was reading it. Everyone I saw on the plane was reading it when I was going on holiday. As we know, travel is a distant memory right now. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's it, it's not a rom-com at all, um, but it is in a way, and I, I think he says this himself, is it's supposed to be a love letter to all of those who spend their Christmases um, and their holidays actually working in the hospitals and in doctors and everything like that. Because um, one of the things which I didn't appreciate is, yes, you, you do assume that some doctors will have to work some Christmases, um, and it's maybe part of the job they sign up to. But what I didn't appreciate, which I think is actually quite remarkable, is that a lot of junior doctors, they rotate their placements. And so if you're in a new hospital, you quite often get put on the Christmas shift. Um, so if you're rotating and you're not at that hospital the next year and you're at a new hospital, you don't have that, oh, I worked Christmas last year. And so the junior doctors who are doctors, <laughs> they're not juniors and they're not trainees, um, they end up sometimes working six or seven Christmases on the trot, which is quite a lot to give up. I've personally never worked a Christmas. Um, they've been very fortunate but to see some hard times and having to work you know the hours which they do over Christmas is it's a hard thing I think to have to read and I think everybody should read it because they should understand what other people go through. Yeah I couldn't agree more as my listeners will know my mum is very ill and as as Vicky knows unfortunately all too well my mum's very ill the NHS saved her life this year and any support we can give the NHS is is great really. Yeah. And I mean, on a lighter note, the book is hilarious. Um, it is hilarious, can but, confirm. And like you said, the title is a play on words and very famous, uh, very famous Christmas poem. And I remember watching an Instagram video last year of Reese Witherspoon, the famous American actress, legally yeah. blonde, queen of us all, reading it. And that was also great. Yeah, exactly. And I think... I think, you know, for anybody who isn't familiar with Adam Kay as well, like his writing is very sarcastic um, and he manages to inject a lot of humour into some otherwise hard situations. Yeah, and I, I, it is a great poem and it's a great play on words. And despite the fact that I've probably given it a very down in the dumps kind of this is going to make you depressed review, um, actually the writing is really sarcastic. 
um, and it's it's very funny to read. And Adam Kay, he worked in um, I fi- I forget the title of the role, but it's delivering babies essentially, and also um, dealing with items that might get stuck in places where they shouldn't do. So in his first book, there are plenty of funny stories around things that happen there. But actually the Christmas one is even more hilarious because there are plenty of anecdotes about baubles being stuck in places where they really shouldn't be. Um, so I think that's not funny. only is it <laughs> well, I think that's really funny. I always read his books and wonder do people read them and think, oh that was me. He's talking about me. I know. Obviously he has to take information out for, for medical reasons, but obviously they know what happened to them and some of the stories are quite distinctive so I always think do they read it and think yeah that was me and maybe they could go to a book yeah. signing and get him to autograph their book exactly but I always wonder as well like he obviously came to fame after quitting being a doctor um and his reasons for that are very clear at the end of his first book so I'm not going to give any spoilers away no we um, but yeah, he, <laughs> he shot to fame after that when he released his book so as a person who's going in and having items removed would I don't know how much you would pay attention to who your doctor was because if it was me I think I would be absolutely mortified and doing everything possible to forget said event um so I wonder this episode (laughs) has taken a weird turn but I do see what you mean (laughs) more worried about immediate medical yeah maybe maybe we should cut it here um and and skip to skip to your first book phoebe i think that might be best vicky so (laughs) i have chosen the eternal classic christmas carol by charles dickens great story there are loads of film adaptions and it gets very heated over which one is the best which one is the best my personal favorite is the muppet christmas carol i don't know about you snap i think this is why we're friends exactly i mean my mum makes us watch it every year and i watched it from when i was very small so when i got older and started watching other adaptions of christmas carol i felt really cheated that none of them have songs in i was just waiting for them to start (laughs) singing and it just never happened Um, yeah it is a disappointment when that happens it takes all the joy out of it it really does but the original book is by Charles Dickens and I know some people have a weird thing about reading classic books because they can be quite hard but this one is very well written it's not too long and there's lots of kind of little details that the film doesn't make up that the books do which is the case with a lot of film adaptions it it's just such a classic it's been made in so many films over the years and I really like to see the way Scrooge embraces Christmas into his life and Tiny Tim and there, there are all the classics like that. Everyone knows about Tiny Tim from the films. So I cannot yeah. recommend this book enough if you're looking for something a bit more classic to read this Christmas. So I have a confession to make. We love juicy confessions on this podcast, so carry on. <laughs> I'm not sure juicy is the right word, but and I'm sure I won't be the only person either, but I have never read A Christmas Carol. Well... I don't think you'll be the only one. I think it does kind of scare people off. But as this is a book podcast, I'm going to be horrified at you. How could you, Vicky? <laughs> I have seen many film adaptations with obviously Muppets being top of my list. But for some reason, I've never got around to reading the book. Um, maybe it was read to me as a child. 
um i'm not sure but i tomorrow um so saturday i move into my new flat which has no wi-fi um and my phone signal is very poor so netflix is a thing of the past for me um so i might put it on my list to read um during the primal times that i'm apparently going back to i mean if you read it with you know just just the lights on no furniture because i've seen you give me a video tour of your flat and you've got no furniture it will be a bit like you know going back in time yeah yeah you will, I'll, you will you will read it one day i'll let you know how i get on so moving swiftly on from that awful confession vicky tell us about the second book you've chosen so my second book is the grinch who stole christmas and amazing um, book love it yeah and i i love the book i love the film with jim carrey even more um it's one of my favorite christmas stories and i also think you enjoy it as a child for very different reasons to how why you enjoy it as an adult as well but it is one of those stories which you can enjoy throughout your whole life yeah, I agree. I don't know if you've seen that uh, that meme going around on social media that says, you know, as a child I didn't get it, but and then now that now I'm older, I know about the Grinch hating people and wanting to stay away from them. And yeah, exactly. And I think as a child, you you see a, a scary green hairy man um, who hates Christmas, and that's what makes it exciting slash scary. Um, I don't know, I was a little bit afraid of the Grinch when I first, when I first had the story. Um, and I think, you know, there are, you learn about the importance of what's on the inside and being nice to people. But I think as you get older, you appreciate that even more so. And you also appreciate why sometimes Christmas is hard for other people. Um, which is maybe a morbid way of looking at the story. Um, apologies, I'm probably bringing bringing down the mood of this conversation, but I do think it's it's a it's a really uplifting story. Um, but it, I think it does humble you and make you think about other people as well. So we're talking about the Grinch film now, but as you know, this is a book podcast. So have you read the book? Yes, I I have read the book. Um, Dr. S Dr. Seuss is a great author um, and I, I think, you know, he, he is an author that manages to inject quite a lot of humour into his stories, which can be enjoyable as a child, but also even more so as an adult. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm a massive Dr. Seuss fan. And uh, fun fact about Dr. Seuss for you and our listeners, because Vicky loves my fun facts. Is it fun? It is fun. So someone made Dr. Zeus a bet that he couldn't write a book with less than 50 words. And he went on okay. to write Green Eggs and Ham, another Dr. Zeus classic, and won the bet. I think he won £50, which back in those days was probably quite a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, with how this year has been, I wouldn't say no to £50. Uh, but no, he's a great author. And um, I do really like the fact that his stories are so perfect for children um especially with the illustrations in them 
Um, but as an adult, you appreciate the other side of things, which I think is true of a lot of things, actually. Um, and is probably how most parents stay sane. Yeah, I completely agree. And actually kind of segueing into my my second book choice. My second book choice is The Fir Tree Fairy Story by Hans Christian Andersen. And again, it's like you said, it's another book for children that even now I'm adult, I still appreciate it. It's not like The Grinch in that it's not written to be funny. But Hans mm-hmm. Christian Andersen obviously wrote down a lot of traditional folk tales. And I think the fir tree story was from Denmark originally. And it's just a really nice calm. Calm is maybe the wrong word, but it's just a, a short read. It's a good fairy story. There's a happy ending. You know what you're getting when you read kind of a, a kid's fairy story. And you can get, and I actually have one, a really beautiful illustrated edition um that I got for Christmas a couple of years ago and it's just a great a great book and I don't know if there are any friends fans listening but in one of the Christmas episodes where Joey is selling Christmas trees and Phoebe says to him these trees need to fulfill their Christmas destiny whenever I read it I just think of that and the little fir tree he fulfills his Christmas destiny and he brings Christmas joy to everyone and it's it's just such a heartwarming story I love that, how friends always manage to kind of make that link to classic literature somehow. Um, I, I haven't read it, actually, but I think you've definitely sold me on it. So, you know, if there's anybody listening that hasn't bought me a Christmas present yet, it's definitely one you can add to your list. I mean, I think the only listers are going to be my mum and your dad. <laughs> you never know. Well, if Santa is listening, please bring a copy of The Fir Tree for Vicky for, to go on her new bookshelf, the first book on her new shelf. Yeah, it can have pride of, pride of place. But can I request a beautifully illustrated one? Because, Phoebe, I would like, I'd like to see that version and I would like to own that version. Yeah, it's a really beautiful version, actually. I can't remember where I got it from, but it's by Hans Christian Andersen, obviously, and the book is illustrated by... Sana, and I'm probably going to butcher her last name, Anuka, I think that's how you pronounce it. And she is a very famous illustrator who has a series of books. I know she has this one. She also has the Ice Queen, and she also has the Nutcracker out, which brings us very conveniently onto Vicky's third choice of book. So Vicky, tell us why you've chosen the Nutcracker. What a great segue, and that wasn't even planned. Um, so my third book um, is The Nutcracker which the original story um, was written by Hoffman um, and then it was there's there's been many many adaptations um, but the one of the most famous ones and most successful ones was the adaptation into a ballet Um, but I for me it's a very classic Christmas story that brings me all sorts of nostalgic memories. Yeah, I think that's so true of a lot of people. I know loads of people that at Christmas they go to the ballet, tends to be with their grandma, and they will go and they'll see whatever's on, and it's usually the Nutcracker or some kind of charming children's fairy tale. Yeah, and I think it's a really lovely story. And for so 
there there are two kind of versions there's the book version um from hoffman where the main character is called marie and she has a brother called fritz and then there's in the ballet version and in some of the other adaptations there is uh the girl marie her name changes to clara and so although we're talking both about the book and the story as a whole um i am more familiar with the version of clara um, but the plots are very, very similar. And there is a moment fairly near the beginning um, where Clara or Marie's brother, Fritz, breaks her nutcracker. Um, and I think for me as a child, <laughs> I, I picked up on this quite quickly because I have a little brother who is two years younger than me. So actually he's not so little anymore. Um, but when we were little, he did have a habit of breaking my Barbie dolls. Um, so for me, there was already that link. And I, I like to think that I was Clara or Marie. And I can remember my, my grandma, she took us to see it at the theater um, when I was very, very small. And that memory's always stuck with me. And she had the ballet version uh, with Tchaikovsky, I can't say his name, um, Tchaikovsky, um, on video, which probably shows our age now. Um, but I used to make her watch it with me almost every time I would go round. So it's, uh, I, I love it. It makes me feel warm inside. Um, the story is just lovely. Um, and it's just a nice, a nice watch or a nice read. Well, I think it's really a nice watch and a nice read. So hopefully that will give our listeners some Christmas inspiration. And I am aware that we've kind of gone from funny books through to classics onto books aimed more at children. And <laughs> to come full circle, so my final choice is a book that I've actually got sitting on the desk next to me because I'm in the process of reading it. So I haven't finished it yet, so I won't be able to give you any spoilers. And it's a book written by Sarah Morgan, who people may have heard of. She's a very successful author. She writes a lot of um, women's fiction books. And this one I've got is A Wedding in December. But I know that she's also written a few other Christmas ones. I know I've seen on the shelf before The Christmas Sisters. And she doesn't just write Christmas. She writes other, other genres. But so far, it's a really easy read. It's a good book. It's kind of heartwarming at this time of year. There's the right amount of um, dramatic, romantic moments combined with kind of heartwarming, you know, bits to warm your Grinch heart. It's a really good. Book. <laughs> it's a really good book so far. Like I said, I'm only about halfway through, but I'm really enjoying it so far. And like I said, she's written other Christmas-themed women's fiction. So if you wanted to read another one of hers, then I would really recommend her. Oh, I might have to give that a go. I I am sure I have read some of her books before, but I've never read the Wedding in December one. Um, but I am a hopeless case for chiclet. Um, and I, I think it sounds like an ideal story to just lose yourself for a little bit at Christmas. Exactly. Sit on the sofa in front of the tree, 
fire on glass of mulled wine and just sit back and relax especially now so i've got one more day of work and i think vicky you finished work for the year um yes probably because we've all got loads of holiday left from covid19 yeah i i finished up on tuesday evening um and our office is closed today actually um to give everybody a break for two weeks but i have a couple of extra days so i think it's it's only three weeks off i have in the end i mean it's a lovely break at christmas and like you said you're moving so all the time exactly. you'll need to put up <laughs> furniture and paint things etc etc exactly read books <laughs> exactly lots of reading we encourage that here all the time um phoebe yes i don't know if you can hear but there's a santa outside my door no i can't hear the santa outside your door so i'm in the study and every year the basingstoke i think it's the basingstoke rotary club come round on like a santa's sleigh i hope santa's and socially distanced <laughs> six books we recommend you read this Christmas if you're looking for something to read. Now on to the quick fire round. Oh gosh. Look, I just want my guests to live in fear of this round. <laughs> so first question, mince pies or Christmas pudding? Oh my gosh, I don't like either. You can say um, neither, you can say neither. Yeah, neither. And I'm, I'm a terrible British person, but I hate both of them. <laughs> I mean, this doesn't bode well for the rest of the quickfire round, but we'll carry on oh, anyway. <laughs> uh, mold wine or mold cider? Oh, mold wine every time. So on Christmas Day, you wake up, champagne brunch or a walk? Champagne brunch. I mean, the first thing you need to do when you get out of bed on Christmas Day is have a drink. So then you've you've had your drink. Do you have your presents in the morning or the afternoon? Now, see, this is where it depends because I have typically spent Christmas with either my dad or my mum and their other families. So with mum, um, it tends to be in the evening because it's just way more relaxing for everybody. <laughs> and with dad we tend to have breakfast and then um do presents after that oh interesting so you've got the best of both worlds exactly um you know having split families means two sets of traditions i mean i have to say in my family we wake up and about five minutes later we're opening presents we don't really <laughs> we don't buy into that delayed gratification gratification nonsense so i think as presents. a child that's what it was like but as we've oh. got older yeah, I'd rather have the, the glass of box beers. So you've done the presents. You've had the Christmas lunch with no mince pies or Christmas pudding. Mm -mm. Queen's speech or take a nap? Queen's speech. It's a bit of a tradition. Um, I like to listen to it. And I don't know why I'm a fan of the royal family. I know not everybody is, but I find it super interesting to see what moments she leans into. Um, and as a marketer, uh, <laughs> I always have that curiosity between how much is her own words and how much of her PR team informed her, which maybe is a bit skeptical, but I think it's really interesting to see 
there's obviously certain themes she leans into and I like looking at it from that point of view as well. Well, that was a much more thought out answer than I was expecting. <laughs> so they're the, the choice questions. Moving on to the next, the next round, shall we say, the special Christmas bonus round. Oh, wow. We've talked about a lot of Christmas books, but if you had to pick one top Christmas book, what would you pick? Christmas book? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, the Grinch You Stole Christmas. Okay. And if you had to pick a top Christmas film, and you can't say The Grinch again, <laughs> what would you pick? Oh, this is hard. Um, I am a sucker for a rom-com. And maybe a classic, I, I'm torn. My, the two that spring to mind every year when I'm asked this question or, you know, when you talk about your favourite Christmas film are Love Actually and The Holiday. And I love them both in equal measures. Um, I, I, can't, I can't choose between the two of them. I, I will allow you uh, to have two. So don't worry, you're just two questions from the end. Thank God. So as we know, it's Christmas coming up next week. What book is top of your Christmas list? And let's hope that Ooh. your boyfriend or parents are listening and you do get it. <laughs> top of my list. Um, I, I'm not sure, actually. Um, I was thinking about this earlier. Maybe not a specific book but I've been I've read a lot of non-fiction this year um an awful lot of non-fiction and when it comes to fiction I tend to um default to very trashy chick lit nothing wrong with that I love it or crime thrillers and serial killers and things like that um or Harry Potter so maybe not a book but if there was like top of my list would be some sort of new fiction book to get stuck into that doesn't fall into the categories which I automatically always go for so, is that an acceptable answer <laughs> I mean it's gonna have to be but it's one of the the most dodging the question answers I've ever heard but I'll allow it and final question what was the best book that you read in 2020 invisible women um I just want I, to butt in here to say that I actually recommended that book to Vicky, so I take all the credit. <laughs> she did. And I have to admit, I actually listened to it as an audiobook um, rather than read the physical book. But it was so great. And I loved it so much that I am getting the physical copy to put on my brand new bookshelf when I get a new bookshelf. Um, I, it blew my mind. Um, favorite book of 2020 by far um and I read a lot of books this year it's a great choice I actually had it for Christmas in 2019 and between Christmas and New Year's Eve last year I'd read the whole thing I absolutely tore through it it was so good and like you said so eye-opening it's just so addictive you want to know even more about the research and the statistics that are in it and honestly Phoebe it was a great recommendation from you well, I do pride myself on good recommendations. I mean, you should do, otherwise you wouldn't have this podcast. Well, exactly, exactly. 
<laughs> but unfortunately for my listeners, that's all the time we've got on this Christmas special. So I just want to wish everyone a very happy Christmas. Stay safe. Stay away from COVID. Uh, Channel in Boris Johnson, wash your hands, make space. And I hope <laughs> that you'll come back and listen again in the new year when we return after Christmas. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me on, Phoebe. And I hope everyone has a wonderful Christmas. Thank you.